This is episode 14 with LA Laker Nation's lead reporter, Serena Winters. Guys, thanks so much for joining us on the BCLE, the Be Contagious Leadership Experience. And today we've got a great treat for you guys, especially the ones out on the West Coast. We have Serena Winters. Now, if you know that name, it's because she is the lead reporter for LakersNation.com and does work for DodgerBlue.com. She basically does everything and anything from filming to writing to being right in front of the camera, showing her knowledge when it comes to the Los Angeles Lakers and the L.A. Dodgers. You're going to love her story because she basically started from nothing. She's from Orange County. If you're from out on the West Coast, you kind of know that area. She went to UC Santa Barbara, did tons of internships. Probably one of the biggest one is when she was on the set of Jim Rome is Burning. And now when she looks back at where she was to where she is and where she's going to be, you're going to find someone who's driven, who, who knows the direction that she wants to go in. And you're going to find that her energy and what she's done to truly be contagious for everyone around her and herself. Enjoy it, guys. Before we get started on today's amazing episode, I want to thank some of our sponsors. Dr. Dish Basketball provides the premier training machines in the world with next-level analytics and versatility. Their newest innovation, Skill Builder, is the first of its kind and allows coaches and players to stay connected. Through Skill Builder, you can choose or create complete workouts combining shooting, ball handling, conditioning, and agility drills. Check out drdishbasketball.com for more details and info. And from Athletic Director U, which was founded with one goal in mind, to empower the college athletics community by delivering action-oriented insight and best practices from accomplished executives, top researchers, and the industry's most influential thought leaders. Athletic Director U seeks to create a transformative learning platform for all members of its community. Visit athleticdirectoru.com and sign up for their informative daily newsletter. And now, back to the show. All right, guys, thanks so much for joining us on the Be Contagious Leadership Experience. We've got another great guest for you today, and she is someone who, you know, growing up in Los Angeles, I see a lot because everybody is from there, my family, and I try and just make sure that everybody that I could watch the Lakers since I am still a huge Lakers fan. Um, But our guest today is Serena Winters, who basically... I'm not even going to talk about you. I'm going to let you talk about you, and then we'll just go from there. How does that sound? I mean, come on. You know nobody likes just talking about themselves all day. That doesn't sound like fun at all. Wait, are you kidding me? I love talking about me. I wish someone could talk to me and say, hey, Hernando, tell, you, tell me about yourself. And unfortunately, I'll talk for like an hour. But no, <laughs> come on. Just You know what? Just tell us. Start from where you're from and kind of like your your track and what you've done, because I think you've done some really, really cool, amazing things with your life and your career. And I think a lot of our listeners want to learn what you do and how you got there. Sure. You know, I I grew up just being an athlete. I loved playing sports. And once I found sports, I just, you know, it was something I was good at. I loved it. I loved the environment of it. And I played all throughout high school and I played basketball and ran track and did field and played volleyball and played golf. And so I, I had my hand in a lot of different um, athletic type things. But 
once you get to like your senior year of high school and realize, hey, that that dream of being the first woman ever in the MBA is not <laughs> going to happen, you have to start finding other career paths. And when I was in high school, I also did a lot of public speaking. So I was with something called Model United Nations, where you basically, you take on a country and you start debating about world issues. So I was in the car one day with my mom. We were, I think we were driving up uh, to, to visit college campuses. And she goes, do you know what you want to do? And I said, no, you know, I love sports and I, and I, and I love broadcasting and I was still in high school. And she goes, have you thought about sports broadcasting? And literally this light bulb went off. It was like, thank you, mom. That's exactly (laughs) what I want to do. So from there, you know, in high school, knowing what I wanted to do, it was just time for to do the college search. And I ended up at UC Santa Barbara, which for me could not have been a better place for me to go to school. Um, And within even before my first class there at Santa Barbara, I was already out at the radio station trying to work in the sports radio department at Santa Barbara. So in college, I did sports radio and worked at the sports radio station. Then I also did um, the media relations department at Santa Barbara, so dealing with like press releases and basketball guides and all of that. And I was doing play-by-play and color commentary for the men's basketball team for sports radio. And for me, I will never forget my first broadcast ever. Um, it was a women's basketball game. It was my freshman year of college, and I was with my partner, Chris Hoffman, at the time, and I'm so excited. I'm so nervous, and we get to the gym, and I realize we have to sit like all the way up top at the bleachers for this women's basketball game, right? And I didn't have glasses yet at the time, and so we go we go farther up and farther up, and I'm like, oh, no. Like, how am I going to read these? I can't see anything. You know, it was like, oh, crap, I am really going to have to pretend something because I cannot see it. I didn't have glasses at the time. So that was my first thing that was happening. And then we get all the radio equipment set up, and our radio equipment goes out. So we we can't even use the radio equipment. So then he's like, well, the show must go on. Let's right. take out our old flip phone Motorola's. And uh, he, him and I pass back this flip phone um, for hours for this women's basketball game. He, game. he did play-by-play. I had a color commentary, and I got the biggest rush from that. And that was when I knew, like – even though I couldn't see, even though all of our equipment went out, this was what was made for me. And I was going to pursue that path. And from there, I just literally took advantage of every opportunity. I interned for Camp Lakers coming up in the summertime at Santa Barbara. I interned for the actual Lakers while I was in school. Um, I started working for the TV station out in Santa Barbara for Santa Barbara channels, doing color commentary on TV for a semi-pro team out there. And you just keep grinding and doing. I was making almost no money. I graduated college, no job. Um, I was valeting and parking cars on the side while driving back up to Santa Barbara from Orange County to do my own sports TV show. And so it's just, it's just such, such a grind. And you meet though, all these great people along the way. And then things kind of start to click from you. I mean, the grind's not over. I still grind it out all the time. Um, but that's where I started, which that was the passion and you work for free, you don't sleep and you do whatever you have to do to try to make connections. Now, you know, let's let's go back because I think the grind, the hustle, everything that you're doing to get to where you are is so important. But talk about sort of the emotions that you went through when you were making that climb, because all of us have the story and all of us really go through the same emotions, but very few of us actually talk about the emotions. So talk about a little about how you felt what was going on inside of you as you're trying to take these steps. You know, it was hard because I was someone who was almost, I was a straight A student throughout high school. I was almost a straight A. I think like I got maybe one B plus my entire college, all four years of college. So I was always that like 
got to be the best at whatever I can be, you know, graduate magna cum laude, have the, you know, Lakers internships and all these great things going for me and in and, and college, but then you graduate and then you start to see your friends who were maybe accountant majors or in business and they've got, you know, this job lined up at this firm or this, this job lined up that they know what their next step out of college is going to be. And I had to come to terms with being okay, not having that. And going back and living at home and starting to look for jobs that were going to allow me to pursue my passion, um, make some money on the side, and to try to stay in shape. So that was why I found valeting because I drive stick and I thought I could make cash tips and I wanted to do something that would force me to run around um, at the same time, set your own hours. And I was living in Orange County. So I had to figure out how I was going to drive to Santa Barbara at least once a week to be able to do the sports TV show that I wasn't getting paid for. And I was uh, interviewing fighters up at Friday Night Fights up in Chumash Casino. And it was hard because you go through seeing a lot of people that were went to college with you, you know, maybe they didn't have the internships and things that I did while I was in school, but but in your eyes at that time, you're seeing other people or maybe your friends or whoever, you're seeing them make those career jumps, right? right? Because there's more of a path for people that aren't in what I'm in, right? If you want to be a doctor, if you want to be a lawyer, if you want to be an accountant, there are steps for you to take. And it's your job to to complete those steps and to do your best at those steps. But at least you know the reward is going to be there and you know what it is that you're fighting for. The hardest thing about pursuing a passion like this is you're hanging on to hope mm. all the time, right? That you are fighting to, to get to that step, but you don't even know if that step is going to take you somewhere. Right. You hope that that step can lead to an opportunity or can lead to a connection or can lead to you getting paid for something. Because let me tell you, you do not get paid for years in this industry, but you don't know, you know, you're... You naively think that you're going to get there and you have to have that because otherwise I don't know how you push through. But I think that is one of the hardest things is you do have self-doubt. You are going to second guess yourself no matter how confident of a person you are. If you are hustling and starting from the ground up and don't have that easy in that some people have to this industry, you're going to face a lot of that self-doubt and just not knowing whether or not you're on the right path. Now, how did you get this drive? You know, valet driving. I, I did valet in Las Vegas, and you were running everywhere. Yes. Obviously, I've valet. lost. Yeah, I've lost my <laughs> valet body, but I was in shape when I was doing valet. So, like, where does that come from? Your parents? Does that come from just an? Obviously, we have internal drives, but where does that really come from? Um, your drive to keep going and really have that hope in the back of your mind that something great is going to break. I've tried to figure that out and pinpoint it because people have asked me. It's never something I have thought about mm. without somebody asking. So I've never thought to myself, where do I get this drive? Where do I get this passion? Where do I, where do I pull all nighters from? Where does it come from just to, to do this? Um, it, when I think about it and people ask me, I think about kind of just my life circumstances and watching um, my dad pass when I was younger. And I had, a, I had a great father who really helped shape who I am today um, and helped me kind of in this direction. But then watching my mom have to pick up the pieces and basically raise me after I was 12 years old to take on that mom and that father role um, and always saw that she never had 
had excuses for not working and making sure food was on the table and giving everything for me. Um, that in my mind, I always saw like this woman who worked incredibly hard and raised me and there was never any giving up for her. So why would it be any different for me? And then I also just, I I wanted to, I knew there was something inside of me that like I could just push myself and something competitive. I just, I don't know. I always wanted to, I always wanted the best grades. I always wanted to be the best on the team. I always wanted to run faster, even if somebody beat me, you know, there was just a competitive drive that was always in me. Um, And so to be honest with you, it's like, it's never something that I have that I sit down and think, Oh, where do I get this from? You know, there's no time for that because I'm still not where I want to be. And you have to, if you lose that in this industry, then I think you lose that competitive edge. That's interesting. I think that's a great point because I think I'm, a lot of my guests are the same way. They don't really think about it until like, Oh yeah, that, I guess that really does come from something inside of me or some internal drive with everything. The, when you are going through your steps and your life, do you have like a ritual you do every day? Is there some, you know, besides, uh, you know, everybody's morning cup of coffee, like what is something that maybe you do some steps to keep yourself inspired and motivated to keep going? I'm not a big ritual type person. Yes. Um, I'm oh. really not. I just, I keep myself going because I wake up and I think about, so many things that I have to do or things that I put off or, you know, looking at other people in the industry that I I might think, Oh, well, I wish I was doing what they're doing or, um, this is, this was awesome. I should figure out how I can do that. I, I don't know. I'm just not a big ritual person. I just go, go, go. I do have my coffee every morning right. because I have to. Um, but I just, I'm really not a big ritual person. I'm not someone who writes these notes and tries to motivate myself. I just, I'm just that way. You know, I think that's interesting because uh, there's a, a a book. I think I I think I have it somewhere. Hold on here. I think I have it. Sure. I do have it. It's it's, <laughs> it's a book called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Bleep. So that's the F word for all the uh, all the people, but but really, what it what it it's it's interesting because it says the pursuit of happiness, the pursuit of something, sometimes makes us feel like we're not good enough, and like in terms of like happiness, like people don't wake up and decide to be happy. They just kind of say, you know, I'm kind of a happy person. I'm I'm happy with everything. Mm-hmm. Like with you, I think it's interesting. Because you're talking about being someone who just goes, 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 and and doesn't stop. You're, you're just you're just going. Like there's no other yeah. clock inside you. Like this is you. This is where I'm going. This is where I want to go. This is where I want to be. And I think you just. It sounds like you've just been like that your whole your whole life, basically with everything. I have, um, and it's funny because I'm also at a point now where you do have to, I think, find a bit of balance in your life. And I haven't self-admittedly, I, I have not had a ton of that because in my mind it was always have to be go, go, go to get to where I want to be. Otherwise I'm going to miss out on something or someone's going to surpass me or get that job that I could have got or whatever it is. So I have been so go, go, go my whole life. There's never been any time to really stop and think about those things. But with that being said, I, I think I am at a point now where I, 
I am trying to find a little bit more balance mm-hmm. and realize that someone like me who values work over everything, that doesn't mean that's the right thing to do. It's what's got me to where I am. But I hope that one day I'm, I'm not going to have to put in as many hours or sleep as little as I have or, um, or, or value work over making it to a friend, something, you know what I mean? Or a family, something. But if I haven't, if I didn't put in this time, I also don't think I would, I would get to where I am. So there is something inside of me that hopes that one day that balance will be found, you know what I mean? And that all these hours and time you put in, they kind of get rewarded in their own way by that balance that you find. But I do, although it's like, you know, people might listen to this and think, oh, all she does is work and go, go, go. I am at the place where I'm starting to find a little bit more of that balance. And it does make you a little bit happier and you can wake up and, and think about something that you did for your own self or for your family or for fun. And that's important. But when you're so young and you have to chase these things, I just, that wasn't my priority. Right. I think there's something that you do really well. I think you embrace the struggle. I think, I do. Um, you know, I, I, you know, it's so funny. A lot of people are like, well, you know, what do you want out of life? You know, or, or, or what are the solutions to issues and problems? And sometimes, you know, you choose which problems you get to take on, you know, one -hmm. problem may be greater than another problem. So you just, you just choose it and you just embrace the struggle over and over again. And you must've been doing, you were an intern for a while. Is that right? I mean, you did a little bit of everything. Oh yeah. I've interned for, God, I've interned for. UC Santa Barbara, I've interned for the Lakers in several capacities. I interned for Camp Lakers in the summer for, I think, three years. I interned for the Lakers while going to school at Santa Barbara for a full year, which means I was commuting back and forth from Santa Barbara to El Segundo, waking up at 4.30 in the morning, sitting in that traffic, which was you have to go through LA to get to El Segundo from Santa Barbara, um, going to those games and getting home at 2 and 3 o'clock in the morning and going to school the next morning while having a part-time job. After I graduated, I interned for uh, for Jim Rome for Jim for Rome is Burning at the time it was on ESPN Monday through Friday nine a.m. made no money was getting Jim Rome's coffee. Interned <laughs> for uh, Fuel TV, which at the time was Action Sports, right. um, and again, I don't think I was getting. Nope, wasn't getting paid there either. I was also doing my own sports TV show. Technically, you could call that interning because guess what? Wasn't getting paid right. there either. So. <laughs> And then before I was with Lakers Nation, well, full time, I was working for them for free as well. I started working for them for free to prove myself and to show them what I could do. And then before they brought me on and got bought out, at that time, I was making, I think, a thousand bucks a month to make 30 videos. And that was my first getting like a paycheck for what I love to do. So yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot of internships and a lot of um, going back to, you did mention the support and where it comes from, or at least where I get that drive. My mom has, has had let me live at home for free of rent after graduation Mm. to pursue what I love to do. You know, is it, would I have loved to, to have a place on my own and live that life? Yeah. But if I could live at home and be able to pursue my dream, I wouldn't be able to, to probably do as much as I did. At the same time, you don't want to let a parent down who's giving that to you to pursue your dream. So I think that was maybe also in the back of my mind. Like, I've been given this for a reason. I'm being allowed to have this opportunity for a reason. So I can't let the family down. I can't let my mom down who has always been there to support me. Not to say that I don't think, I mean, parents love you no matter what. So it's almost right. like you can't really let them down. Um, but I think there's something always in the back of me that's like, I want to make sure one day you can look back and it's like, 
that was awesome. My daughter got to live at home for that long and look at where she's at now. You know, you kind of want yeah. that and the you know, and kind of do it for her too. Yo, I'm telling you, your choices that you've made are awesome. I, because I, you know, I, I deal with this a lot in, in terms of, of our players here at Duke, but also when I do these different speaking events, everyone always wants to go ahead and find like what the secret sauce is or, or mm-hmm. well, I can't do this. I can't do that. No, no, no. It's the choices you make. You know, you, you just said it, you, you finished college. I mean, you just, a lot of young people want to go and this is freedom time. Let's go. We can do this. We can do that. But you stayed at home. Luckily your mom sounds like an angel and you She's stayed great. at home. And, 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 and you've done all things. And now we talked about the struggle. We talked about embracing, we talked about your internships. Now, right. You're the lead reporter for Lakers. Now tell me if I'm wrong. All right. Lead reporter for Lakers nation. And you manage a video nation for LakersNation.com, And you also do it for DodgerBlue.com. Is that all your jobs or am I missing one? Uh, Spectrum Sportsnet. So I do TV stuff for oh. Spectrum and Spectrum Sportsnet is the Lakers flagship TV channel out here. Okay. So walk us through your day. Like, like let, let's go, I guess, you know, with, uh, basketball season. Walk us through your day. Tell the people what you have to do and you endure and you take in every single day. Man, one of the cool things about the job is that no day is really the same. Like, I always knew. I worked – oh, I also worked in insurance while I was in school. I was doing – yes. I was a, an insurance agent's assistant, which actually, by the way – I've learned so much. It's amazing that I know so much about insurance, which anybody should know. Your homeowner, you know, homeowners or or your health or your auto insurance. It's it was actually a great, great job. However, although it was a great job, I knew that I didn't want to sit at a desk and do the nine to five every day. That's I I couldn't embrace that grind, right? Um, so the cool thing about my job is that, you know, practice day is different than a game day, right? So um, on a game day, uh, there's shoot around for the Lakers in the morning. Um, say it's a 7:30 game. I get to the game three hours ahead of time. So you do some work stuff in the morning. Um, I live in Orange County. I commute to LA, so it takes about an hour and a half or so to get there. So you know I'm leaving about four and a half hours before the game, getting to the game about three hours early. You get to the game. When you get to the game, guys are warming up. So you're kind of on the court. I could be taking photos for one of our social media accounts. I could be talking with somebody for a story. I could just be talking with somebody for connections or just to kind of get to know somebody a little bit more. Then we have our pregame meeting with the coaches. So we do some pregame interviews, um, which I believe is 115 minutes, I think, before tip. After we do our pregame tip um, meetings with the coaches, we go into the locker room. They have the the, the home coach and then they have the away coach at separate media availability. We do both of those. And then I go into the locker room and there's about a uh, half an hour we get as media in the locker room. Sometimes I take advantage of it fully. Sometimes I don't because in the Lakers locker room, something people don't realize too pregame is sometimes only like two guys in there because they have a little room they can go into and hide from the media. So <laughs> a lot of times you can't get much in that pregame locker room media availability. So instead I'll go out to the court where the guys are still shooting around and warming up and talk with the assistant coaches. And that's kind of how you get stuff for stories or just kind of how you get intel when you're talking about the Lakers so that you are more knowledgeable about them, whether or not it's on the record or off the record, things like that. Um, and then then from there, let's see, we have, I'll usually eat for about 10 minutes, 15 <laughs> minutes there. I always bring a sandwich to the game because I can't stand the cafeteria food. And if you notice a lot of people in sports media, they're not always the most in shape. So right. I've taken it upon myself to try right. to bring my own food and do some of that. Cause you have to have a healthy 
work-life balance. <laughs> However, I do eat some ice cream because there is a Sunday machine, the Layers game. So that is always, it's always my go-to before the game hits. Um, and then I'm usually transcribing audio from those interviews we did before the game. So right. I'll transcribe as much as I can before game time hits. Then game time tips at 7.30. I'm out in my media seat. I'm watching the game. I take notes quarter by quarter. Um, we do have halftime where you can run and get some water, some coffee or whatever. So then after the game's over, then you have to go straight from the game to um, the, st- the podium to interview the coach the head coach. Then from there you go to the locker room and my video guy is with me. Um, and he kind of just follows me around and I go from player to player, whoever I think is, you know, kind of players we need that day, or you kind of follow the hurdle or huddle, excuse me, because you have like a bunch of media outlets trying to get the same player. You grab all of your interviews. Then I say, okay, Drew, come meet me at the court. He's my video guy in 15 minutes, 10 minutes, whatever it is, we'll do a stand up from the game. So rather than do like um, necessarily a post-game recap that talks about every part of the game because it's a different time. Like, you don't really need that as much anymore. Right. It'll be like a post-game story. So something that kind of came out of the locker room or from the head coaches, and I come up with a kind of script in my head, um, and, and I have to kind of remember what was said in the locker room. And then Drew comes out, we film in a couple of segments, and then we go back to the media room. At this point, it's probably like 10, 30, 11. Then... Um, he starts cutting videos from the individual players. Then I give him timestamps of audio to put into these post-game stories. And so I kind of help produce these videos. And then after those videos are all done and edited and rendered, then we have to upload. And that's a whole nother process. you got to right. upload into the back end, into YouTube. I've got to do titles, tags, descriptions, SEO, get them out on social, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. There's all these little things that people don't know go into this role. They think, oh, you leave after the game's over. No. <laughs> By that time, it's about if we're lucky lucky 1.30. Used to be 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning. Right. We've been doing this for five years, so we've been able to kind of <laughs> cut the time. Um, but a lot of times it's 2, 2.30, you know, and that's when all, I then schedule out stuff like for the early morning a.m. slots from the videos. Then I drive home, it's about 3.30, eat a snack, go to sleep. <laughs> wake up in the morning, then we have Lakers practice, usually at 11 a.m. So when you wake up, you drive to Lakers practice, you do it all over again. You interview all the players, the coaches do the same thing with the videos. Edit the videos, give him timestamps, create these stories, write an article based on, you know, all the quotes from that day. Um, and we haven't even made it through a 24-hour period yet. You know what I mean? Like, right. that's during season, that's how quick it goes. And it's onto one thing to the next. And you got to do it all that night. But then the next day, it's news. So who even cares about the video? So like that's one of those things you have to think about when you're doing all these things. Or we might be at an event. So maybe it's a charity event or um, maybe we're taking photos on the red carpet. So, I mean, it's go, go, go. But in August, you caught me at like kind of my downtime. So I'm we've got an office upstairs. This is like one of the rooms that we filmed some Facebook Live things in here. Um, and so now I get to work on some more off-season videos and some longer content, things like that. Yeah. So a day in the life is, on top of that, I do a lot of like the PR stuff. I, I'm, I'm kind of the liaison between people um, that are contacting our organization or if I need to contact PR at an event or... I mean, there's so many in this day and age, like the best advice I could give is that the more, you know, the better you right. have to know everything. You can't just know how to write. You can't just know how to video edit. You know, you can't just know how to do social. You got to know how to do it all. And it's all changing so quick that you just got to be on top of the times. 
Now, did you have someone actually teach you or you just learned by doing and just watching other people? Learn by doing. Yeah. Learn by doing, learn by watching other people. Um, my first couple of years, I didn't have Andrew, my video guy, who's phenomenal. Um, I didn't have him and I didn't know how to video edit. So I had to figure out how to video edit on my own. When I first started, I was using iMovie and I was using <laughs> my own tripod tripod, and was recording myself and oh man, are those videos bad? <laughs> uh, but I was getting it done and I was getting views and I was figuring out how to do it. And now we just kind of have made our own way. Like no one has what we have on YouTube for the Lakers. Um, so no one really taught us. You can kind of ask people some advice and certain things, but no, you just learn by doing. Yeah. You know, I, I'd like to think I'm, I'm pretty similar and I'd like to see what your thought is. I, I almost get now impatient. Maybe it's cause I'm getting older too, but I'm like, come on, like we, you can learn this on your own. Like there's nothing really stopping you except you. So mm. come on, let's, let's go with it. I mean, do you, do you feel that way sometimes? I do. I'll give you an example. We have interns and, um, <laughs> If you are an intern out there that's watching or listening to this, my advice to you would be, before you ask ask a question, why don't you at least type it into Google? Yeah. <laughs> at least into Google. Okay. Or a search browser somewhere. Because there's so much that you can find online and on the internet. And it's not that we don't want to help you. I absolutely want to help you. Right. However, if you ask me a question, that you could have simply just typed into your search browser. Come on. That's it. You know, and, and you learn so much more by doing. So I would say like, if you don't know how to do something, see if you can figure it out on your own. And then when you can't figure it out on your own or you have questions along the way, then you ask, right? right? But you learn so much more when you figure it out yourself. That's a really big piece. And I've always prided myself on that, but probably to, I would say to my own fault, I probably take that too far because there are certain times where I don't want to ask for help because I want to be able to do it on my own right. or I don't want someone to think that I'm using them. So I will just try to figure it out all on my own. And sometimes you really do need help and you need to let your guard down and, and, and realize it's okay to ask for, ask questions and okay to email somebody. And, uh, but, but I have to take my own advice on that sometimes because I am someone who tries to do it all. <laughs> I love that advice you just gave interns. There's so many people. It's amazing how many people don't know Google. And mm -hmm. you know what? When I say that, I sound like an ass. I have to admit. When uh, I say that. I do that, too. But come on. But it's good advice. Yes. It's great <laughs> advice. Come on. Go to Google. Find something. Go to a browser and figure it out before mm -hmm. before you come. One thing I've always learned is you got to find that you got to at least be close to the solution before you go and ask that question, especially when. You know, you're almost like the head. Well, no, you're the head coach of your own domain. And mm -hmm. I know there's a lot of coaches who bring problems to their head coach. And I'm sure you're the same way. Like, don't don't tell me the problem. Let's figure this out. Find the solutions. You come to me so that we can go ahead and streamline the process and everything. Yes. Absolutely. All right. Well, I got my last two questions. And by the okay. way, this has been awesome. I'm so happy that you came on. Thank you again so much. Of course. Um, but the first question is, is when they make the movie about your life, who is going to play you? Oh, um, 
the girl from Hunger Games. What is her name? The, oh yes, I I don't know, but yes, I know the girl from Hunger Katniss Games. Katniss from Hunger Games. Yeah, that's right. You'll just be Katniss Everdance. Yeah. Ever ever somebody <laughs> ever clear? No, not ever clear. Ever dance. Ever Dean. Ever Dean. Yes, that's I what think it that's is. what it is. Right? It is. Yeah. It's Kat- <laughs> Katniss Everdeen. Katniss Everdeen. All right, from perfect. Hunger Games. She there- will play me because she is a badass. Yes. And it's hilarious and uh, seems very real and down to earth. And that's something that, um, I mean, you know, you can watch me like on TV and all made up and, you know, trying to talk perfect, whatever it is. But I think it's important just to be who you are. And, like I'm sitting here face to face in front of you and I don't have my hair and makeup done. You know what I mean? Like I like <laughs> just to, people should know everything's in these days is so much like Photoshop and social media and you know, you got to look perfect and sound perfect. And I think a lot gets lost in translation when you don't just show people who you are. It does. So. It does. And last question. All right. So last question is, you know, we, we really believe that in order to achieve high level things in life, to make things happen, you've got to be in love with something. So what are you in love with that has made you get to where you are? I think I'm in love with knowing that however hard you work, I can work harder. And knowing that whether you like my work or don't like my work, you can never tell me I didn't work hard to get to where I'm at. So although it would it would be hard to say I'm in love with the struggle or the grind because there's such a love-hate relationship there. There's something about that that has made me who I am and has allowed me to get to where I am today. And there's something about that that makes me keep pushing. And for people to always wonder although it can be a bit stressful and um, hard for people always wanting to know like what's next for you, which is one of these, those questions that I, that I hate, but um, people always want to know. And, and I think that says something about your work when people are always kind of looking out for you and, and excited about what you're doing and being a female in a male dominated industry and having um Something else I could say that I'm in love with are the fans and support group that you build and you don't even know you have. Like that's what helps you get through all of those late nights and the struggle is that I get these messages from people you don't even know that say, we love your work. We appreciate so much what you do. And that definitely keeps me going every single day. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, where can people just see your work or reach out to you? I know you have a website, Serena Winter, Winter, right? Winter.com. Winters. Winters with an S. SerenaWinters.com. Is there anywhere else where they could reach out and just keep learning about what you're doing? And and maybe a a young person who is trying to figure out their way in life can reach out and say, help. And please tell them to Google it. But where can they find you? Well, so you just said the information. And I love that you just said please tell them to Google it because um, it's really not that hard to find me. It's not that hard to find an email. It's not that hard to send me a message or to reach out to me, Um, which is why if you do have, if you do want to, I'm going to tell you to get on that computer and figure out how to find me in terms of if you want to send me an email or a message, because that shows me that you went the extra effort to 
or the extra click or the extra <laughs> type <laughs> to just figure that part of it out. Um, but I will give you, yes, serenawinters.com. My Twitter handle is at Serena Winters. Uh, my Instagram is at Serena underscore Winters. Um, and I think I have a Snapchat, which is Serena.Winters, but don't use it a ton anymore. But you you should be able to figure out how to contact me if you can find any of those. Facebook account too is Serena underscore Winters. Um, and if you reach out, I will do my best to, to reach out on back. This is awesome. You are awesome. I, I mean, I love your attitude. I love the way you attack life. I mean, I love the way you just tell. I mean, you're a straight savage. This is what I'm talking about. This is what straight this is savage. all about. Nice. I, I like that. This is this is this has just been absolutely amazing. I can't t- again. I'm gonna thank you like five thousand times. You've been unbelievable to just spend some time with us today. You have definitely made me better. You've made a lot of listeners better, and you know, I know uh, you really are contagious people so thanks so much for joining us of course thanks for having me and there it is all i can really say is wow what a great great episode with serena winters she really really dropped some great knowledge on her path what i love what she talked about is that basically you got to go on this great website and we're going to give you the letters it's g-o-o-g-l-e Google your way to success. That's how you find contacts. That's how you are able to meet different people. And that's how you're going to find Serena Winters. You're going to watch her on LakersNation.com. Make sure to visit her website, SerenaWinters.com. And you're going to see someone who's extremely talented, someone who's really, really driven. And I encourage all of you to reach out to her, show her some love, and watch the amazing work that she does. Thanks again for joining us, Serena. I truly, truly appreciate it. On another note, guys, I just want to say thank you so much for all the support that you have given the BCLE. I'm telling you, I just looked at our numbers on iTunes and SoundCloud, and I am I'm humbled. I, I, I really am speechless, and I'm never speechless, ever. And I just want to thank you guys so much for your support, your love, the emails, uh, the support, the retweets, everything and anything. Without you, we are absolutely nothing. This show does not exist without you. The movement, the Be Contagious movement is nothing without all of you. Remember, we are on this journey together. We are pushing each other to reach brand new heights. And we have to continue and continue to be contagious for the people around you. Visit us on all the social networks. You're going to find me on Instagram, Coach HP Jr. You'll find me on Twitter. You'll find me on the Facebook And then you'll find me on iTunes and SoundCloud. Guys, I love you. Thanks so much for joining us. And continue on being contagious to everyone else around you. Talk to you soon.